The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Women to Watch is an intimate look into the lives of prominent and influential women leaders from around the world and the challenges they faced on their journey. It's the real story behind her title. Join us every week to hear more stories about women from around the world and in your own communities at womentowatch.net. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another week of Women to Watch. I'm Sue Rocco. It's so great to be here. We have uh, a really wonderful show for you this week. Joining me in just a moment will be Deanna Dorsey Calloway. And Deanna is the co-founder and CEO of The Creative Ladder, which is a, a nonprofit, really interesting organization that's trying to open the doors uh, to creative employment for people that might not have the opportunity um, or know about the jobs available. So she'll be with me in just a second. Later in the show, as always, you'll hear from several of our watch team contributors. Uh, Sherry Morrison is going to be joining us for her lifestyle segment, and she's going to be speaking to Ellen Fisher, the executive director for the Young Entrepreneurship Academy, uh, incredible organization here in Philadelphia. You'll also hear from Tracy Samia, CEO of Lancer Skincare, and Carol Eggert, Senior Vice President of Comcast NBC Universal for our veterans segment. So now I'm very excited and honored to welcome to the show, Deanna Dorsey. Hi, Sue. How are you? Hi, I'm, I'm great. It's, it's really wonderful to have you. Finally, we spoke a long time ago. Yeah. Yes, we did. Thank you for your patience. Oh, I'm no thrilled to be here. Thank you so oh. much for the opportunity. It's, it's great to have you. And I know you have some connections to the Philadelphia area, so... Um, It'll be fun to hear a little bit about that. And, um, you know, I wanted to start with your upbringing and have you share a little bit with our viewers about 
your background and a little bit about your family that kind of led to your own entrepreneurship and the work you're doing today. Absolutely. So where you. you were born and raised. Yeah, I was born and raised and I was born in Virginia and I was raised between Washington, D.C. and Pittsburgh. My parents had a amicable divorce. Uh, my sister and I traveled quite frequently between Pittsburgh and D.C. We were in Pittsburgh Monday through Friday and in Washington, D.C. weekends, summers and holidays. And so we feel that both cities are definitely home. Um, and I uh, come from an amazing family of entrepreneurs. We like to spend a lot of time together. So we would frequently um, travel and visit our family in Philadelphia, which is how I became so infatuated with Villanova University as a young girl. And I can remember being as young as 11, 12 years old, driving by Villanova University and just saying, I'm going to go to that school. And that's exactly what happened. That's um, okay. one of the many ways I'm connected to the Philadelphia area. And I, I very much also consider Philadelphia home to me as well. You know, it's, we both went to Villanova. I forgot mm -hmm. about that. Mm -hmm. And did, was that a good fit for you when you think back? It was an amazing fit for me, um, much more so than I probably knew at that time. Um, I can remember, you know, again, being a young person before I fully understood what college really was and just feeling very connected to Villanova University. Um, then obviously attending the university and not just having Villanova as my educational playground, but having like all of Philadelphia very much so spending time at Temple, spending time at, at Penn. My, I had a cousin that was at Penn at the same time and having um, family members who were just very influential in helping me get acclimated to another amazing city for me to, to learn from. My time at Villanova, um, you know, it's funny, I can remember when I first told my dad that I was going to attend Villanova but study communication. And he said, you know, you've been talking your whole life. I'm not going to spend X amount of dollars to send you to Villanova to continue talking. Um, you know, why don't you study finance or business? And um, that was probably, it was actually an argument that we had on campus. And it was probably our biggest father-daughter fight. Um, but I held my ground. I studied uh, communication and minored in general business and sociology. And I think it was a wonderful platform for me educationally to get me to where I am today. Yeah, I, you know what? I kind of wish my, I majored in communications as, as well and wish I had added some business. Um, and, and to have sociology as a third prong, that's incredible because you know we all know there's nothing more important to business than people and relationships. It's the most important thing as I'm as I'm still continuing to learn. <laughs> yeah. I read that your your love of design, you know, came when you were very young as well, just kind of coloring in your coloring books. And um, is that something that you're continuing to seek out in the work that you're doing? Because you're, you know, you do more than just your role with the creative ladder, which we will be talking about. But design, um, you know, talk a little bit about the um, the company you started, the fashion. Yeah. Fashion the clothing line. Yeah. District of clothing. Yes. I um, can, re can remember being as young as six or seven years old and um, watching gray movies. I, I never called them black and white because for me, they were gray. Um, as a young girl with my mom and being infatuated by the clothes that a lot of the women were wearing and the older movies that we used to watch. 
And um, I just, I just connected that very quickly with how I would see my grandmother dress, how I would see my mom dressed and my aunties dressed. And um, I wanted to be a fashion designer. Um, I remember coloring also at a very young age. It, it calmed me and it would soothe me and it was creative and fun. And I colored well into my early 20s. I mean, if I had time to color now, I probably would. I, I probably need to kind of come back and color again <laughs> if I can. Well, but a um, popular thing right now. They're, they have coloring books for adults because it's a very calming activity. Yeah. Um, I... It, you know, it all kind of came together in the world as, as in my professional world, excuse me, um, as a young adult. But I think the coloring, the designing, liking to take photos all kind of brought me to my time at East Institute of Angoni in Milan when I studied fashion design, graduated from there. Um, never imagined coming back to the United States, but this was shortly after September 11th. So it was good that I came back home. And um, I moved to New York City and was living and working as a fashion designer um, for almost about six years until the economy tanked um, with the Great Recession. Did you always know that you would be an entrepreneur? Was that something inside of you that you didn't want I, to work for the man? Yeah. Hi. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I don't think I ever thought that there was something else. Um, I come from a family of entrepreneurs, um, both on my on my mom's side as well as my dad's side. My grandmother was an entrepreneur on my mother's side. Um, my mother was a flight attendant and I loved her freedom and her ability to travel and to see the world. Um, I just knew that I wanted to help people. I wanted to be able to listen to music and I wanted to be able to color and to, to do something with clothes. I didn't know exactly what that would be, um, but it kind of came to a head, I guess, over the last <laughs> couple of years. It's wild saying this out loud and remembering myself as like a 12 year old, a 16 year old, an 18 year old. I mean, I can remember um, my aunt Marie, she actually lives in the Philadelphia area um, she would buy me crayons every year. I mean, I think up until I was maybe 25 for as my birthday gift or Christmas gifts. Um, and she just, she saw that in me. She saw that it was, you know, that there was something creative in me and she always really very much encouraged that. And, um, I never imagined that it would get me then. I never imagined that it would have me attending school in Italy or being and living as a fashion designer in New York city. Um, or having my own creative direction business, but here, here we are. It's kind yeah. of, it's kind of wild to talk about it, to take a moment to talk about it. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about your grandmother, because um, mm -hmm. it's impressive to me that she was an entrepreneur because that generation, women were not always um, working outside of the house. What did she mm -hmm. do? I'm going to get emotional. I'm going to try not to. Both of my grandmothers um, were entrepreneurs. My grandmother, Mary Louise, um, on my mom's side, she was a workout lady. I don't know what else to call it, but she was an exercise lady and she had an exercise boutique um, in Shadyside, which is a, a suburb, suburb, excuse me, of, Phillip, of Pittsburgh. And um, people would come to her boutique and her studio to, to I guess they, they called it jazzercise. Um, and- I remember that. Um, 
Yes, jazzercise. She also would frequently work out lots of the um, the football players in the Philadelphia area with the Steelers, wow. um, as well as some of the baseball players. Yes, yeah, she, so she cool. was a dynamic, she was a tiny little lady, but she was a dynamic woman. And my grandmother on my father's side, um, Carrie Dorsey, she, she is a force. Um, trying not to get emotional. Uh, she very much um, instilled in all of us just the ability to, you know, if something comes to your mind, it's because God's put it in your heart and you have the ability to bring it to fruition. She and my grandfather um, ran several businesses in the Syracuse area. She also raised seven children and many of their friends as well and um, put them all through, <laughs> put them all through college um, while running the uh, family businesses, um, both a Simonizing business, which is like a car washing business, as well as um, helping her mother with some real estate in the Syracuse area. And um, they also had a, um, a funeral home business. So wow. she's, um, she's a very, she's resting. Hopefully she's laying on the couch or in bed watching this, but she's, <laughs> She's able to rest now because she was a very, very, very hardworking, very yeah. determined, very successful woman. That's and awesome. she was always dressed and styled to the nines. Oh, I love um, that. I love that. What yeah. a great example. I mean, to, you know, I love when women I speak to have uh, grow up with a tribe of women that are leading by example. You know, yeah. you watch because kids are always watching and learning mm -hmm. from what the adults around them are doing. And again, ahead yeah, of their time. Yeah, absolutely. Just insanely ahead of their time. Um, my, you know, my whole goal and, and purpose in life is to make God proud and to, to try to help um, while I'm here on this earth. But it's really to make my grandmothers um, and my aunties and my mom proud of, of what they've, all the sacrifices that they've done for me. So. Mm -hmm. I did not expect to cry today with you, Sue. Thank you. Well, you know, yeah, it's a different kind of show. <laughs> because really, I, I think, yeah, it's the, these kind of candid conversations um, touch people, I think, mm -hmm. you know, viewers and listeners and always, you know, I'm always hoping for someone to have a little aha moment um, themselves yeah. from these. Yeah. Stories. I mean, it's called, you know, women to watch. And I definitely, I'm still watching, you know, my, my grandmother, my mom and my aunties. Um, and I'm just very grateful. I'm very much aware of um, all of the sacrifices that they, that they, um, that they did for me to be here, even just to discuss my career with you today. So yeah, thank you for sure, that opportunity to share. Yeah, I'm sure you're doing that for your children. You know, I know you have, you have what you bonus children you say yes my um, bonus babies and i have my niece and my nephews and we you know we come from a very tight-knit very close very loving family and so um you know we our village is very tight and so when i think of my nieces and my nephews like you know they're all my babies that's kind yeah. of what we say yeah, yeah. That's really beautiful. Um, tell me about your time in Milan. What did you learn while there? Because that's experiencing a whole different culture. It was such an interesting time. Um, I 
you know, it was shortly after September 11th. Um, it was my first time on my own post-college. And it was the first time that I didn't fully know what the next step would be. I just, I, I think it was the first time that I learned to trust myself. It was the first time that like my faith really fully started to develop as a young person. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I was a young black girl living pretty much in the center of Milan, not too far from the Duomo. And I couldn't really speak Italian, um, but I had a goal, I had a dream. And I started to make friends who are still very much my best friends now. Um, it was such a beautiful time for me to be away from everything that I knew and to get to know myself, like at least myself then. Um, I think the biggest thing that I learned, honestly, was to trust myself, um, to pursue my passions, and not to forget to look up. And when I say that, it's because I can remember for so long, I would be rushing back and forth between class, lunch, aperitivo, back to my flat, back and forth, back and forth. And I never really looked up until maybe six months into my time there. And I realized like, whoa, I'm actually, I'm in Italy. I'm not just in Italy, I'm in Milan. I'm in one of the you know, most beautiful cities, most exciting cities. Um, and it, it helped me to just, learn to trust myself, take a deep breath, look up, you know, fall hard on my face, trust myself and, um, and also, to, you know, to keep moving forward. Yeah, that is such great advice. It's so beautifully simplistic. Look up. You know, it's yeah. something I've said to my kids, because my mother in law, that literally is her motto, and she's 94. Mm -hmm. and she always says, look, oh. up, look, yeah. up. you know, yeah. um, it's a great reminder. Yeah, um, we're going to go into our first break. When we come back, we're going to talk about your organization and how fun it must be to work with Ryan Reynolds. He's kind of kind of. We'll be right back. We are Chop, and we can't wait to show you around. We are the nation's first children's hospital. Now. A care network with more than 50 locations that continues to expand. Three state-of-the-art research buildings with 1.5 million square feet of space. We have grown from 12 beds 165 years ago to nearly 600 beds and one of the best children's hospitals in the world. We have a level one trauma center, 11 floors of patient units, more than 20 operating rooms, first-of-its-kind delivery unit for babies with birth defects, a separate cardiac operative and catheterization suite, and places to learn, like our internationally recognized simulation center. We have trained generations of leaders in the field of pediatrics. We are world leaders in medicine, surgery, and science. One of the top recipients in NIH funding for pediatric research. In this building, pioneers in CAR-T therapy, mitochondrial disease, brain tumors, hyperinsulinism, and other rare diseases. Here, groundbreaking work in fetal surgery, genetics and genomics, and neurology. 
In our newest building, leaders in social determinants of health, clinical informatics and epidemiology, autism, trauma and injury prevention. Our patients come from every state and 115 countries. challenges requires the best and the brightest. We are passionate about pediatrics. We are motivated to make a difference in the world and in our community. We are a team. We are CHOP. stream on a Roku, a Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. Watch Action News Live. And the big story on Action News. Plus special programming, breaking news, and severe weather updates. Tremendous amounts of rain. Always on. Always the news team you trust. Watch 6ABC 24-7 on your streaming device. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Welcome back to the show. I'm joined this week by Deanna Dorsey Calloway. And Deanna is an entrepreneur. Uh, she's also the co-founder and CEO of the Creative Ladder, um, which we're going to talk about in just a minute. Um, I wanted to, we we mentioned um, District of Clothing, uh, which you founded in 2014. And I wanted to know what is the vision for that? What prompted you to start that project? Well, honestly, I had a dream. Um, earlier in 2014 in January and um, what people now know as the dreamer doer collection first came to me in a dream and my thought was this would be really cool I don't know when I'll have time to do it just kind of tabled it but the inspiration um, came back around several months later when my prime client went on a spending freeze and I kind of threw up my hands and said, okay, now what do I do? And I remembered this design that was in my head. I thought, oh, maybe that'll be kind of cool to put on a t-shirt. Maybe it'll be a great way to encourage people to go from dreaming into doing. Um, it would be a great way to, you know, kind of create some sort of community around folks who are dreaming and doing. And it would be a great way to help out with, you know, paying bills in some of the rough months now that my prime client had gone on a spending freeze. Again, I tabled it from the summer um, and it kind of came back to me again in, in November of 2014. I remember working the whole night of Thanksgiving um, and then we sort of launched online. If you can kind of journey back to 2014, this is when Instagram was really like exciting and popping. And I had mentioned it to a couple of my friends that had some like moderate success um, having anywhere between maybe 20, 30, 40,000 folks as followers and they started wearing the apparel and you know the goal is really to inspire um, action and and inspire conversation and to inspire self-love for the folks who are wearing the apparel um, and to use it as a tool to remind people to keep going you know that um, 
you know, if something, like my grandmother said, if something comes to you, it's because you likely have the ability to bring it to fruition. Yeah. One of the hardest uh, yeah. things I think in, in the society we live in is listening to that voice because there's so much noise. Mm -hmm. um, how, mm -hmm. Why is self-love so important to you? And when did you begin to have that for yourself? And, you know, do you still struggle and kind of go back and forth with it? Where are you with your own self-love? Yeah, uh, I very much love myself. Um, I think I always have. And again, that's because of the the women and the men who have raised me. Um, faith is very much, um, you know, at the helm of, of my life. And um, in order for me to fulfill my purpose, the purpose that's come to me through through my Heavenly Father, I have to love myself and my temple so that I can I can do the work that I've been set forth to, to do here. And then also to be, you know, a caring and, and loving human for my community, obviously for my family and, and for the, the, the people that I, I believe I've been put here to help and to serve. Um, I have always had a pretty high self-esteem, um, which, you know, is a great thing, but it having a high self-esteem and, and knowing my worth doesn't necessarily mean that I always understood my value. Um, mm. And that can sometimes be challenging as an entrepreneur or as a young woman in business. Um, that's probably what I struggle with the most, um, feeling confident with some and, and feeling valuable, like with some of the work that I do and the communities in which I'm serving. Um, that can be challenging. Um, you know, I get incredibly anxious and incredibly nervous. I don't like public speaking. I'm okay with this because I'm only seeing you here. <laughs> right. No one's but, <laughs> but you know, I have um I have definitely spoken in front of large audiences and forgot my name. You know, the the level of nerves that I have when it comes to um public speaking. So I I try to um remember that what who I am is not necessarily what I do and that helps me kind of circle back and and feel like the work that I'm doing is valuable is there a um well let's let me backtrack for a minute let's talk about the creative ladder yeah uh, which is the organization that you co-founded with Ryan Reynolds and Dave, David how do you pronounce Reiner. it Yep, Reiner. David Greiner. Yeah. So did you bring this idea to them or did they come to you? They brought this idea to me. Um, if you could journey back to 2020, the summer of 2020, everything, you know, the world was spinning in reverse and upside down. And that summer, Ad Week's brand week um, went virtual like many other conferences did. Um, David Greiner at the time was a global editor of Ad Week and he was interviewing Ryan Reynolds as the brand week um, keynote speaker, excuse me. And as I now know, working alongside him, um, Ryan, he leads with his heart. His heart is 10 times the size of his head. And he wanted to invite 100 generally marginalized folks to attend the Brand Week experience virtually. Um, I have been told that I was put on that list. Um, I attended, I, I learned quite a bit from it. It was a, it was a great way to kind of take a break from the chaos that was happening um, mm -hmm. 
and this was specifically in August, I can't remember the exact week, but it was specifically in August and August was a really tough time um, for all of all humans, but definitely a, a lot of us Americans here in the, in the country. And um, it's my understanding that, you know, David and, and Ryan, um, after their conversation started pinging each other, Ryan had mentioned a lot of the work that he's doing to make um, commercial and Hollywood production a lot more inclusive with his group effort initiative. And the conversation just kind of pivoted to, hey, how can we do this for advertising and marketing? Um, as the idea started to conceptualize, um, I've been told that my name was thrown out there to be a co-founder um, and as, as well as CEO. And um, that was September, October, November of 2020. We started working um, quiet as we kept it in December of 2020. And we launched, I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, he was putting out little, I think, little snippets of something's coming. I'm working on something. Yes, <laughs> quite. Yeah, lot, lots of little teasers. He is a genius at that. And yeah. um, we were able to to launch um, last June at the Can Creative Festival, Can Lions Festival, which was a dream come true. Um, we had such a wonderful response to our announcement and launch. Um, it was Ryan, myself, Janet Fowdy, who's the executive board chair of Deloitte, um, and also our founding sponsor, as well as one of our board members, Danny Robinson. Um, we announced it at the Bloomberg House um, in Cannes. <laughs> just, you know, even just saying that out loud is kind of like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing here? Or this? Is yeah, I never imagined that I would be sitting on a panel in between Ryan Reynolds and Janet Fowdy, who so um, everyone should look up because she is she is quite a powerhouse, and she's been such um, an inspiration and so incredibly helpful um, in helping us find our way as. Uh, for myself as a young professional woman, but also um, as CEO and co-founder of the Creative Ladder, she's just been phenomenal. Wow, that's awesome. Is, is So when I think about advertising and why it matters that we have diversity, it's so very clear to me because it's so advertising and what is put out in front of the public is so incredibly impactful, especially to young people. So if I were to ask you, you know, why does it matter? What would your answer be? I, I'm because, curious too what Ryan yeah. was thinking, what he wants to do it because. Right. All, all industries, but very specifically creative industries, advertising and marketing industries should be reflective of the people that it's serving. And so if you think of your favorite sports drink, um, or if you think of your favorite um, sneakers that you like to wear, you want to feel connected to that brand in a way. You want to make sure that that brand feels connected to you in a way where they're not just thinking of you as a woman with money who's buying something. You're trying to build community. You want people to feel connected to your brand in a way that they understand who you are, that they're sensitive to your needs. And we want... Um, we want to definitely make these industries more reflective of the people that they serve, but we also want to make the people who are serving in those and working in those industries have more opportunities to continue to climb the creative ladder 
you know, and reach higher rungs. Um, my goal is, you know, to make sure that everyone understands that it's an opportunity deficit. It's not a talent deficit. There are endless talented black, brown, LGBTQIA plus and neurodivergent creatives who are here, who have the ability to kind of take this, you know, the world essentially forward. Um, and the more that we include them in the process, the more that we give them opportunities to work and to do the work that they are so incredibly capable of doing, the better experience we all will have as a whole. And probably meant to do, right? It's Absolutely. So yeah, yeah, there's people that are meant to be creating and um, they, they do need the opportunity. How do you, so tell me what, you know, what is your day to day? How are you connecting these people with employers and how are employers being actionable in, in turning things around? Right. So we're not, we're not necessarily, uh, we're not recruiting, but what we are doing is we are providing opportunities. We are for, for leadership development and growth. We are um, providing experiences for folks to connect, to network, to, to learn more about themselves and others. And we are also um, just building out a community so that people realize, hey, I might be the only person in my Zoom meeting. I might be the only person in my office if people are going back to offices just yet that looks like me, but you're not the only person, you know. As when everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The whole working in this industry. One of the biggest things that we're doing is trying to build community. But the most, um, you know, that the, the more that we can remind people that it is a opportunity deficit and not necessarily a talent deficit, the better we can provide them 
access to leadership, growth, and development to help them continue to move forward in their careers. And I I would imagine your career and Ryan's career and David's career, you already have an incredible network to tap into um, to to bring these opportunities forward. Um, Tell me what, this is not a very creative question, but I'm always curious, like what's a typical day for you? What do you spend your day doing? Oh, um, Zoom calls. I'm, I'm on, <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm on Zoom the majority of the day. Um, and I try to, it, 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 I, I try to do my best to try to break it up a bit. Um, but the majority of the day I'm on Zoom having meetings, working and trying to find ways to build and create tangible impact for our growing community. Um, we're building out various different programs and experiences, both virtual and in person, to give young rising leaders access to um, more senior folks that look like them or understand their experiences, give them access to people who have been incredibly successful, who maybe broke the ground and who can show them the ways in which they can continue moving forward. Um, as well as helping us to raise money to continue making this impact. Um, but I would say 90% of my day is on Zoom calls, building and growing relationships and making sure that people are very much aware of the creative ladder and the work that we're trying to do here. Um, you know, I wanted to kind of circle back to your last question. We are so excited to be able to announce that we have Spike Lee joining us um, to kick off our Black History Month programming. Um, and our virtual event will be breaking into filmmaking as a creator of color. But can you imagine if there were no Spike Lee? Can you imagine what this world would have been like without all of the work that he's done between his movies, um, between the Nike commercials and all of the things that we don't even know that he's done? Um, So just imagine all of the talented young people who have this idea, maybe don't even know that some of these jobs exist, Um, but they have this idea that they're creative. They don't necessarily know how to tap into it or how to hone it. They don't understand that some of these jobs you don't have to go to college for. Um, And we just want to, you know, through our high school and collegiate outreach, let them know that these jobs exist. Also let their families know that these jobs are, you know, you can make six figures, if not more in some of these, (laughs) in some of these jobs, you don't necessarily have to go to school to be a lawyer or a doctor or a nurse or what have you. Um, And then we are also with our rising leaders developing various different programs to help them with their leadership skills so that they can continue to apply for those next and higher positions. That's awesome. That's exciting. And do you find yourself kind of, I'll say by default, you know, mentoring uh, specifically young women, just because of the work that you're doing, these women are probably young girls coming into your life and need your wisdom for listening to that voice and pursuing your calling and, and not to worry about, you know, what society tells you you should be doing. Yes. Um, and it's not just young women, um, just young humans in general, I would say, uh, most days, 20% of my inbox are, are young young or rising leaders asking questions or just trying to get a couple of minutes. And I, I really do try my best to respond to all of those emails and DMs and, um, and messages to 
you know, sometimes just having a conversation with someone who looks like you or understands your experience can really make all the difference in your creative career. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, listen, um, I so appreciate your taking time for another Zoom. (laughs) (laughs) This didn't feel like another Zoom, though, I have to say. This was great. Thank you, Sue. I'm glad. I appreciate it. And I wish you continued success. We'll be following and sharing what you're doing. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. There comes the workers. There comes the, yes, I'm sorry about that. That's (laughs) good timing. Okay, thank you. And uh, up next will be Sherry Morrison. She's going to be chatting with Ellen Fisher and also Tracy Samia, the CEO of Lancer Skincare, our leadership watch. We'll be right back. Action News, celebrating 50 years of AccuWeather. If you think severe weather has been on the rise, you are correct. In the last three years, tornado warnings in our region have shattered records. With 52 last year alone, half of those warnings resulted in confirmed tornadoes, including two extremely rare EF3s. Thanks for always trusting us to keep you informed. 50 Years of AccuWeather is sponsored by Independence Blue Cross. Choose coverage you can count on with the region's strongest network. Whether you're just getting started, Already well on your way, planning for your future, drafting your vision, growing toward greatness, or finding that dreams really can come true. Whatever your next steps are, we'll be right here with you, just like we have been for 150 years. Start here, grow here, stay here. Penn Community Bank. Here we grow. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the stakes and the stakes, go to get your parlay on, go to get your party on, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean, visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Post Game Show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post Game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Do you stream on a Roku, a Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. Watch Action News Live. And the big story on Action News. Plus special programming, breaking news, and severe weather updates. Tremendous amounts of rain. Always on. Always the news team you trust. Watch 6ABC 24-7 on your streaming device. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Hello everyone, I thought I would start the year off with something very empowering and it's a topic that's very close to my heart. It's a question that really comes up often in terms of can you get to the C-suite without taking the academic route and all the credentials that some others have. And it's it's a topic that I've I've juggled and struggled along my career path. Um, And if you have taken that path and, and achieved the MBAs and the higher credentials, congratulations to you. It's a huge achievement um, and it's it's bravo. But that path isn't always afforded to all of us, either because we didn't have the time to invest in schooling, um, it wasn't affordable at the time, or if I just use my own journey, it really wasn't a necessity when I joined my industry. Um, I joined the hair and beauty industry straight out of school. Um, for the love of artistry and the 
the gratification and making people look and feel good. And at the time, that's where my passion lied. It was being in the front lines, working with clients and so on. And it was only after about six or seven years of working in that environment that I realized, you know, I, I want to evolve. I definitely have an interest in team building. I have an interest in um, creating plans and executing and delivering results. I was intrigued by the business side of things a little bit more. And as I decided to veer to the, to the corporate side of my industry um, and leave the front line and get into the business side with a manufacturer and so on, it definitely was a very, very hard lane change because all of a sudden I found myself in a sandbox where I was working with or competing with people that had a very different background than mine. My experience was on the job, um, the working relationships, the real front line, and often I was in a boardroom with people that had learned it from, from an academic standpoint. They were purely looking at it from a business, from a numbers side of things. And, and you could see at times we were speaking different languages or um, we would think processes through very, very differently. Um, and it was a challenge. It definitely had its tough moments. I had a lot of self-doubt. Um, I didn't know if I belonged. Um, I felt like the odd one out. Um, and really, that brought on a very, um, it was a deep question of, do I continue on this path or do I go back to school, start from square one in order to be able to climb the ladder? And I had a, a real aha moment, a light bulb moment, which was everybody's experience is credible and, and very, very much needed. There is not going to be a um, one size fits all, one pathway that fits for all. So fantastic. Somebody else has the academic experience that they bring to the table. And I have the real world and life and work experience that I bring to the table. But what I had to do, it was first make that shift change in my own mind that this was very valuable, that, that my experience was not inferior in any way, it was just different. And that in order to climb the ladder of leadership in an organization, it really just comes down to the results. Can you deliver the results? And leadership is never about just one person. It's about knowing who you are, what strengths you have, and then ultimately surrounding yourself and offsetting your own skills with other people that are better in certain areas than you are. So if I looked at it in that way, then it didn't matter whether I was in the center and I came from an academic background or I came from a frontline work experience background. It was about how do you put the best winning team together. And so I decided that I was going to forge forward with my own strengths and my own assets and, and just focus on the results. It definitely worked a lot in my favor that I was always in entrepreneurial type companies because I think those companies afford you a little bit more space to be outside of the box. And I think also culture screening <clears throat> is very important. Finding the kind of company that supports differences that supports everybody having a seat at the table, regardless of their background, if they're bringing something strong and valuable to the organization that can help us on the pathway that we're at. So I pulled all of that together and I decided that I was going to stay my pathway and I was going to stay the course and fight my way up the ladder 
um, until I got to the position that I wanted, which was CEO where I am today. Having said all that, I would say that the question isn't so much is one pathway right or one pathway wrong or one's better than the other. It really shows us that there's multiple different path pathways to getting to the C-suite. All roads will eventually lead to Rome, but what I have noticed and the conclusion that I've drawn is the people that get to the C-suites tend to have certain attributes. And after a certain level of skill set, those attributes are what really, really help us get across the finish line um, to the kinds of position that we want to have. And for me, what I've noticed is the people that you'd get to the C-suite have a real solid self-accountable work ethic. It really isn't so much about somebody else telling us whether we're doing a good job or a bad job or what we could have done differently. It's really we have a very tough outlook on ourselves in terms of what could have been done. Even if we've won, what else could we have done differently? We're very good at being self-critical and self-managing. The other is a fierce determination to be successful despite whatever. So despite politics, despite recession, despite what happens internally in an organization. The attributes I think of a C-level executive is we know things are going to go wrong. We anticipate um, and we're not surprised, but we have this resiliency and determination to just keep going to the next plan and evolving and staying very, very nimble. And I think that that superhuman resiliency that doesn't get you down is absolutely vital um, in that C-suite. And last, but certainly not least, it's very important to know that as much as you grow and as much as you get the titles and the, and the domain to stay humble, respectful and compassionate. And I think that that is the underpinning of any good C-level executive. So it's not so much about the road you take, it's about knowing the road is there for the taking and you have to do it in your own way and be totally fine with it. I hope that you've enjoyed my tidbits on um, different pathways to get to the C-suite. Till we meet again. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Welcome to the Lifestyle segment of Women to Watch. I'm Sherry Morris. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing Ellen Fisher, entrepreneur and executive director of the Young Entrepreneurs Academy of Philadelphia. Welcome to the show, Ellen. Thanks so much for having me, Sherry. Well, it's our pleasure. So I've heard a lot about you, and I've done some reading about you as well. I learned all about Ellen, or a lot about her, um, when a few weeks ago, she has lots of talents, when I interviewed one of Philadelphia's Young Entrepreneurs Academy graduates, Anna Welsh, founder and CEO of Little Bags by Anna. Ellen, let's go back and please tell me a little bit about yourself and your education, where you're from. Hi. Um, so I grew up in Havertown. I actually live in my childhood home and went to Penn State and uh, got a degree in labor relations. And after that, I um, had my first job in Philadelphia and uh, went on with 
advising employers on how to cut their unemployment costs. Wow, that's a big job. <laughs> it was a great empowering job and I had a wonderful boss and mentor and, and I think that really uh, spurred me on to try and encourage others to mentor people, younger people and people with less experience throughout their career. Yeah, that's not something you typically know a lot about when you first get into the work environment, at least it, when back in the 70s and 80s when I was entering the work world. Um, I didn't know a whole lot about unemployment. Um, and then after that, you moved into insurance sales. And that was kind of the first time you saw a need for a list of women in business. Um, please describe how and why you started um, your first business as an entrepreneur for the women's business in industry in Philadelphia? So um, I was hired uh, by an insurance company to target women-owned businesses in the early 80s. And that was a time when set-aside legislation was starting to come into play under Ronald Reagan. And in Philadelphia, believe it or not, we didn't have cable television. And one of the requirements of one of the innovative women on city council said, you know what, if you're going to get these cable contracts, you have to set aside a certain amount of your business to go to women and minority owned businesses. So uh, that was another need that was out there to help fill that. And so the insurance agencies you know, they said, look, we want you to sell to women-owned businesses. And I said, sure, give me the list. And it turned out, of course, there was no list. And I wasn't the only one who wanted a list. So um, that was how I came up with my idea for the Women's Yellow Pages. Mm -hmm. It's a great idea. Um, I, I helped launch a, or start a company and I was the first employee. And I needed a similar list, but it wasn't all women. But it is amazing because that was really pre-computer. Um, wasn't like you could dial in and Google things. You had to go to the Chamber of Commerce and and all the other different offices around the city and outside of the city to gather that information. Um, and so through that that connection and all of the amazing connections you accumulated, um, starting the Yellow Pages for women's businesses, uh, you started to get requests to sit on different boards. And one thing you mentioned, mentioned that really made me chuckle um, was that to get a, for a woman to get a loan for a business, she had to have a co-signer, a, a male co-signer. So how crazy is that? And to not have um, cable in Philadelphia with Comcast headquarters right here. That's another, I mean, times have changed. <laughs> they certainly have. In fact, Comcast, uh, an executive at Comcast, I visited them and I don't think I even understood what cable was. And, um, you know, I visited them and they actually gave me my first couple hundred dollar donation. So oh, <laughs> for starting the women's yellow pages, cause they needed that list as well. Oh, that is awesome. So through all of these connections, then you started to get requests to be on boards of different um, nonprofit organizations around the city. Is yeah, that so, how um, yeah, that's pretty much how that happened. You know, when you're sort of on pulse with women-owned businesses, there's a lot of people that that want to hear have your insight. So uh, uh, one of the boards I was on was approached to um, 
run a program called the Young Entrepreneurs Academy that was based and founded in Rochester, New York. And they, the board members looked around the table and I said, I know you're passionate about this, Ellen, and teaching kids about financial literacy and entrepreneurship. And they said, would you want to run this? And I was, it was a great second, you know, give back career for me to do something I was, I've always been passionate about and to bring that to Pennsylvania uh, was, you know, has been very empowering, not only for our young entrepreneurs, but also for all of the volunteers that have worked on this. Yeah, it's very interesting. And what year was that, that you brought the YEA? Uh, 10 years the- ago. So it was 2013 was oh, our first that, class. Not that long ago. So what is their mission exactly? Uh, to create, to have students, middle school students and high school students start and run their own businesses. So they start as a student, they end as a CEO. That's fantastic. Um, and how many students do you think you typically have going through the program at one time? Like, how, um, and, how, and how long does a session last? So uh, the program is for a year for 28 weeks from November till May. And we've, we tend to have around 15 students a year. So they apply for it and then a selection committee selects which ones thought they thought would be the most successful. And then they run through the whole year with us. Great. And you provide a couple of opportunities for the kids to speak in front of panels of experts and, and then also in a group of investors, advisors who make up these panels. Yes. Yeah, so, um, the students have a lot of opportunities to do public speaking. In fact, that's something I'm really proud of that when I saw um, Anna Welsh, our, uh, one of the students you interviewed, she was so poised and I, I sent it to a former teacher and she said, oh, we taught her that. We taught her that. Anyway, so we're, we're very proud of their public speaking abilities. They they create a real business and they pitch to a panel of investors, people that are actually donating money to the, to give the kids modest startup funds. Um, primarily, they are small business owners. Uh, this year, we have a dean of a business school that's going to be on the investor panel. They're business owners that started from the ground up, often young entrepreneurs. They started when they were younger, so they really see the benefit of a program like this. Yeah, and that's what Anna had mentioned in her interview. She started when she was 12 in sixth grade, and she said that she was one of the younger ones and really got to take advantage and appreciate going through the whole process where some of the kids were older, they were in 11th or 12th grade and doing it to kind of start a program and help them get into college uh, in business schools and such. So um, she really got a lot of out of, out of the program because she's been doing it now for six years successfully and it's going to continue once she gets to Boston. (laughs) Amazing, isn't it? It it really is. Do you know how many young entrepreneurs have gone through the program nationally and in Philadelphia? Um, Sure. In Philadelphia, we've graduated 125 uh, young entrepreneurs, about 100 businesses and nonprofits were formed from our class. Nationally, there's been uh, 7,700 students that have graduated and 5,100 businesses created. Wow. And and I'm particularly proud that our classes had more national winners 
um, than any other program in the country. Oh, that's fantastic. And I saw one of them, I can't remember the name, had something to do with ties. Um, it was a clever name for ties. And novel I think tie. Was, what, was it? Novel tie. Oh, yeah. So it kind of looked like novelty, um, but it was novel tie. Very cute. Any other any others that come to mind that you are particularly proud of? Um, you know, it's funny when people ask me, what's your biggest success? You know, what what's a lot of people would think are the people that with the biggest sales. Um, I have a lot of successes that I'm proud of. One is the fact that they get to, um, you know, somebody who's really shy can go into the bathroom and try and sell people their candles. Um, but this last year we had an Amazon bestseller that and... Um, another young man who won the national competition with the financial literacy card game. Wow. Wow. That's great. And I saw one gal was on shark tank with her uh, line of equipment and clothing for lacrosse. Correct. She, and she went on to Princeton and we had a couple uh, Stanford graduates and, you know, it's, it's amazing what these young people will do with, with this creativity and support for their entrepreneurial dreams. Oh, it's so exciting. I wish you had been around when I was a kid growing up. I would have loved something like this. Me too. Um, well, thank you very much for sharing your time and your stories about the Women's Business Yellow Pages and about the Young um, Entrepreneur Group Academy. Um, I hope you'll come back some other time and we can hear some more stories and um, your generosity and time that you put into all this is really wonderful. It's a gift to me, believe me. It's wonderful being around this energy and know that the future is in good hands. Fantastic. For more information about Ellen Fisher and the Young Entrepreneurs Academy, more importantly, if you know of any young person who is interested in starting a business, nonprofit, or is thinking of, of going to an entrepreneur program, go to yeaphiladelphia.org. YEA is always looking for new budding entrepreneurs, and there's always room for support, volunteers, and monetary donations. Thank you again, Ellen. Sue will be right back to close out the show. Ladies, keep living your dreams. Action News, celebrating 50 years of AccuWeather. If you think severe weather has been on the rise, you are correct. In the last three years, tornado warnings in our region have shattered records. With 52 last year alone, half of those warnings resulted in confirmed tornadoes, including two extremely rare EF3s. Thanks for always trusting us to keep you informed. 50 Years of AccuWeather is sponsored by Independence Blue Cross. Choose coverage you can count on with the region's strongest network. Whether you're just getting started, already well on your way, planning for your future, drafting your vision, growing toward greatness, or finding that dreams really can come true. Whatever your next steps are, we'll be right here with you, just like we have been for 150 years. Start here, grow here, stay here. Penn Community Bank, here we grow. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the stakes and the stakes, go to get your parlay on, go to get your party on, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, 
Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Post game show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Do you stream on a Roku, a Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. Watch Action News Live. And the big story on Action News. Plus special programming, breaking news, and severe weather updates. Tremendous amounts of rain. Always on. Always the news team you trust. Watch 6ABC 24-7 on your streaming device. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Welcome back, and thanks so much for being with me this week for another week of Women to Watch. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Deanna Dorsey. Um, Next week, I'm going to be checking in with two of our own watch team contributors, Heather Fortner, CEO of Signature FD, uh, an advisory firm, and Madeline Bell, CEO of Children's Hospital Philadelphia, is going to be sitting down with us to bring us the latest um, that's going on with the health system. Um, As always, stay with us after the show. You'll hear from Carol Eggert, Senior Vice President for Comcast NBC Universal, bringing us a Veterans Watch segment. And of course, go Eagles! Now, the Women to Watch, Military Watch. Hi, I'm Carol Eggert, Senior Vice President of Military Affairs at Comcast NBC Universal. This week, Our nation begins its recognition of Black History Month, an annual celebration of achievements by African Americans, and a time to honor the immeasurable impact that they have had on the history of the United States. Those of African American descent have a long and distinguished history in the United States military, defending our nation with loyalty, honor, and patriotism during peacetime and in every war fought by or within the United States. Their legacy of military service is rich with heroic stories of servicemen and servicewomen who fought to defend a nation that denied them their basic rights as U.S. citizens for far too long. Take, for example, famed Philadelphia businessman and abolitionist James Fortin. As a young man during the American Revolution, he watched a regiment of black soldiers marching through the streets of Philadelphia on their way to fight the British. James would later fight for our nation's independence in the U.S. Navy. In 1976, President Gerald Ford officially recognized Black History Month as a federal observance. He encouraged others to seize the opportunity to honor the too often neglected accomplishments of black Americans in every area of endeavor throughout our history. And speaking of history, The Museum of the American Revolution will open a new Black Founders exhibit featuring James Fortin and members of his family. The Fortin family's impact on our city is extraordinary. So to learn more, go to amrevmuseum.org. Winter weather is in the forecast, and you can trust Action News to keep you informed. No hype, just help. Cecily Tynan, Adam Joseph, and the AccuWeather team. Philadelphia's most trusted source for winter weather forecasting, only on Action News. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.